Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the second ever episode of the Peel Team 6 podcast. I am your host, JJ. So today I'm actually writing solo, and I'm going to be answering some questions that I sent out on Instagram and Facebook from you guys on questions you wanted answered, whether it's how to fix your game, how to fix your golf swing, what golf clubs to use, what golf ball to use. Um, I know there's no right or wrong answer for anyone in particular, but these are just kind of guidelines to follow. And if you do have any more questions, um, any follow-ups to these questions, feel free to reach out and I would be happy to answer them. Okay, so the first question I see here, and I've had, I, I saw a lot of repeat questions, which I expected. Uh, I'm going to start from the most popular um, questions to the least popular questions. So the number one question I got, which I got like 12 times, was how do you create backspin on whether it's approach spots, whether it's around the greens, whether it's your chipping, whether it's your pitching, whether it's your bunker play. It doesn't matter. You still want to follow the same guidelines and the same rules to create backspin. Obviously, number one rule to creating backspin is going to be ball contact. Hitting the golf ball in the middle of the club face is going to help you create backspin. Now, that being said, with chipping and pitching, most golfers have too much shaffling and they pay the, they play the golf ball too far back in their stance. And what, that, what does that create? That creates the contact with the leading edge. That's going to actually take spin off the ball and it's going to create more of like a bump and run or more of a rollout and it's going to decrease loft, it's going to go lower. And that shot is really well played for most golfers. I do that shot quite often. If I don't have anything in front of me besides green grass, I always try to get the ball on the green as quick as possible. Now that being said, there are instances where you have to get the ball airborne, to say the least. And whether that's over a bunker, whether that's over water, whether that's over a tree, there are numerous instances where you have to get the ball higher and have to have it land softer, i.e. create backspin. So what I want you to do is play the golf ball about middle of your golf stance and I want you to hit the golf ball with rotation, slight rotation. Now it's going to enter the golf ball or enter the turf using more of the bounce of the wedge. This is how you're going to create more backspin and work on ball contact like I said before and work. don't try to, lead, to drive the leading edge into the ground where your hands get way ahead of the golf club. Now that being said, I don't want the golf club getting way ahead of the hands because that's going to be a flip and you're going to blade it a lot of times doing that. So make sure you have that slight rotation with the body on that chipping and pitching. Use the balance of the club more often and you're going to find that you're going to create more backspin. Not even necessarily backspin, even just a couple of hops and then stop. That way it's going to be a lot easier to control and a lot easier to execute consistently. Now, question number two, I would say, was the most popular, was either you have a hook or you have a slice and you want to fix it. Now, there is a number of different ways. I'd have to see your golf swings in particular because a hook and a slice can be caused by numerous swing flaws. The most common slice is over the top or too steep of a back, too sweep of a backswing. 
Now, you're going to want to have a lot more body rotation to shallow out that golf club. I struggle with this myself. I have always been a steep swinger of the golf club, and I struggle with either a block or it's a hook or a pull, I should say. I hate missing the golf ball left, so when I play, when I step to the first tee, in my mind, I like to eliminate the left side of the golf course and work my cut. When I'm playing really, really well, I have like about a three to five yard cut and I play consistently and I trust it. But when I get in trouble is when I start missing left. Now that can be caused by a lot of things like I said, but with me in particular, I get too steep of a backswing and I got, or I should say I get too steep of a downswing, which is caused by usually over swinging, not finishing your backswing. Uh, letting the left shoulder get out it's it can be caused by numerous things so what I try to do is I try to slow down my hands when I start the downswing and I try to make sure I get that body rotation and hit through the ball making sure you're always releasing the golf club now I struggle with this myself but a lot of players are afraid to release the golf club because they feel as if in their mind this golf ball is gonna go left well, it is if you don't have enough body rotation, especially when you start that downswing. So work on, there's drills you can do where you can kind of start with the backswing at the top of the swing and just work on this right hip, moving that right hip once you start that downswing and slowing down the hands as much as you can. Because on average, the hands move about five times faster than the body can rotate. So if you're yanking those hands down when you start that downswing, what's going to happen? You're never going to have enough time to create that body rotation in time, in enough time to where you're hitting the ball consistently. Now, the other, the other most common swing flaw for a slice, I would say, is taking the club too far inside. Now, what happens? That club gets stuck behind you on the backswing, and where's that club going to go on the downswing? It's going to go right out in front of you, and that club's going to go way over the top. So the backswing, or that first couple feet of the backswing, I should say, is the most important, one of the most important parts of the whole golf swing. It gets the golf club on track, so make sure when you, re when you take away that golf club, that golf club is out in front of you and not stuck behind you, especially that first couple feet of that backswing. So work on those things. Like I said, there's numerous flaws that can cause a slice. Now, on the other hand, a hook. A hook is caused more than more times than not. It's caused from the hands being too active and again not enough rotation. So if you have instead of coming steep on the golf ball, you're coming a lot shallow and that club getting stuck behind you. And if you don't have enough rotation, the hands are gonna flip and that club's gonna or that golf ball is gonna go way left. So Again, it's just more of the same work on I am a big believer. I try and try and try myself. I teach, I practice what I teach, and I try to get mo as much body rotation on the downswing as possible. Now, a hook can be caused by ball position. It can be caused by your golf grip, having too strong of a golf grip. There is numerous flaws that can happen when hooking the golf ball. Now... People like to say draws go farther than fades on average. They might, but with today's technology, especially with the golf ball, a fade will stay in the air longer. So a fade has actually closed the gap on a draw. Pretty damn, it's pretty damn close nowadays with today's technology. 
and I would prefer everyone hit a cut because a hook or a draw turns to a hook faster than a cut turns into a slice on average. Now there is special occasions where that's not true, but I would say if you got 100 golfers, 90% of them or 90 of them, it's uh, a cut that they would want to prefer. So just keep that in mind next time you're out on the practice range working on your golf game. Just try to hit a little cut and see see what happens. Now, if you want to get into the physics of the golf swing, so where that club face is at impact, that's where the golf ball is going to start, and your club path is going to go where that is going to cause the golf ball to go left to right or right to left. So there is a lot of drills where you can kind of limit the body rotation and just work on getting that golf club more outside to in which is what i prefer everyone to do and that's going to cause a little bit of a slight draw which is fine i don't mind that at all especially when you're practicing there is no problem with exaggerating on your golf swing because especially in the practice swings exaggerate 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 because once you get to the golf ball you're never going to get in that position i get it but what you're trying to create is muscle memory and muscle memory is caused by repetitiveness and it's caused by exaggeration in my mind especially on those practice swings especially on the practice range and um, on all those practice sessions so just keep that in mind next time you're on the golf range practicing on your golf game so the next question i would say is what kind of golf grip do you prefer as a teacher i prefer a neutral golf grip because if you don't have a neutral golf grip and you have a really strong grip or you have a really weak grip, those will cause you to manipulate the golf club in order to get the golf club back square to the golf ball at impact. So what is a neutral golf grip? A neutral golf grip is if you have the palms, instead of the palms facing north and south, which is either a really weak grip or a really strong grip, a strong grip is where the right if you're a right-handed golfer, the right hand is tucked way underneath the golf club, so the palm of your right hand is facing up toward the sky. That is probably the most common golf grip in most amateurs because it feels natural. Why? I don't know. It just always has been that way in my mind. So a weak grip is probably the least common grip, and that's when the palm of your right hand is facing down toward the ground. Now that can cause slices, it can cause blocks, which again, no one prefers that. No one likes to have a block or a cut or a big slice. So a neutral golf grip is where the both palms, your right palm and your left palm, are kind of facing east and west. So if you were to stand straight up with your arms dangling, naturally to the angle of your body, your, your hands are going to want to drop to like a 45 degree angle, which is what I want. So all you're going to do is just close that gap and then grip the golf club that way so you're gonna if you look down on your hands when you're grip when you're about to swing the golf club you want to see about one to two knuckles on each hand that is ideal that is a neutral golf grip that is going to be the way you're going to become the most consistent especially on your ball contact so i 100 prefer a neutral golf grip just like i prefer a neutral golf swing so just keep that in mind now some people like strong grips, some people like weak grips, and they hit the golf ball really well that way. And more power to them. That's the way they swing the golf club, and I have nothing wrong with it. I would never try to change a really good golfer from changing his golf grip if he's consistent with it. 
But when you're a beginner and you're just starting out in golf or you're a recreational golfer who doesn't play more than once a month and you want to improve your golf game, I would always 100% recommend a neutral golf grip. Let's see here. And again, these questions that I'm answering, the there is numerous answers to each question. And I'm just going with the most popular answer in my mind that would help the most golfers in general. Let's see here. What type of golf ball should I use? Now, again, this is an answer where there is no right or wrong answer. For the average golfer who swings 90 mile an hour or less, I would 100% want to use a low compression golf ball, which is like your Titleist Velocities, your Tor Responses from TaylorMade. Any type of golf ball that has 90 compression or less, I would recommend for the average golfer. Now, if you're a better golfer and you have a 90 mile an hour swing or higher, you can go with the TP5, TP5X from TaylorMade. You can go with the, obviously the most popular answer would be the Pro V1 or Pro V1X from Titleist. Uh, Callaway has the Chrome Soft or the Chrome in general, which is a good golf ball. I have always played the Titleist Pro V1X because in my mind, I get more out of the Pro V1X because it's a little harder than the Pro V1, the regular Pro V1. And you, granted the Pro V1, the regular has more spin around the greens, but I've never had a big issue with that. And I actually have more feel with the Pro V1X than I do with the Pro V1. That's just me and how it works to my golf game. You might prefer the Pro V1 for your golf game, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, again, just kind of get, uh, what I would recommend if you really want to improve your golf game is go get fitted and go to a golf simulator. That way they can um, fit you, see your swing speeds, and then you can kind of go from there on which golf ball uh, they would recommend for you. Now if you wanted to come see me, I could probably give you some information on which golf ball to hit just from your swing in general and I am more than happy to do that just come reach out to me message me text me DM me and if you want to set up a golf lesson I am more than happy to do that let's see here golf clubs where do I go to find decent golf clubs for a decent price that is a very good question now I would love to sell anyone a set of golf clubs, but keep keep this in mind. If you go through a golf course, if you go through a local golf pro, they can only get you a certain amount off on a set of golf clubs, so you're probably on average going to spend more money uh, going through a golf, golf club or a golf pro, whereas for the same set of golf clubs, you could probably get the same set online for about 20 to 30% cheaper. So I always recommend golfers that want to get a new set of golf clubs to look online first. Again, go get fitted is ideal, but there is a lot of websites that have good deals on golf clubs, whether it's Golf Warehouse, whether it's even Amazon. So just check online first before you go to your local golf pro and you could probably get the best deal. Now as far as what golf 
what golf manufacturer would work best for you there is no right or wrong answer I am always been a firm believer that if the golf club looks good to you if it feels good to you probably you're gonna have a pretty good um, outcome with it so I've always been a field player that's just me personally and I would recommend the same for you guys to be honest try different golf clubs try different manufacturers it's just trial and error find a set that looks good to you that feels good to you and you're probably gonna get more out of that than a golf set that doesn't look good in your hands when you're looking down on it especially um, if you want to improve your golf game and you want to lower your golf scores so again just keep that in mind next time you go get a set of or go get fit for a set of golf clubs make sure it looks good to you I am like I said been a big believer on that and you got your Titleists, your TaylorMade, your Callaways there is no right or wrong answer like again I would just say just do some trial and error and see what works best for you how many days out of the week should I practice to improve there there is no right or wrong answer there the more you practice the more you practice with a purpose I always preach the better your golf your better your golf game is gonna get um, you get out of this golf game what you put into it so if you take a lesson and you wait a month to practice you're probably dis uh, you're probably not gonna improve as much as you would whereas say you're practicing two to three days a week so if you have some open time and you have an hour to kill go down to your local golf course and just practice and don't just hit balls to hit balls. Make sure you're either working on your golf swing, working on your golf grip, working on your ball position, working on your tempo, your posture. Just make sure you focus on those five fundamentals. Now the five fundamentals of golf are your grip, your stance, your posture, your alignment, and your ball position. Those are the foundation of the golf swing. They are the heart and soul of the golf swing and if you improve those five aspects of your golf game you're going to improve the quickest in my mind because again they are the foundation of the golf swing so practice as much as you can i'm not saying go every damn day and practice for three hours that's probably not realistic and that's probably not going to work around your work schedule or your family schedule so again if you have some open time and you can get down to the golf course go put an hour in go work on your golf game it's going to it's going to help your golf game leave some balance in the long end. So again, there is no right or wrong, there is no right or wrong answer there. Just try to uh, work as much as you can. Let's see here. How do I put backspin? Again, I already answered that. Um, use the bounce of the golf club, especially on your chipping and pitching. Bunker play. I am scared shitless on this what he says I am scared shitless on hitting out of a fairway bunker I get it fairway bunkers and greenside bunkers can be intimidating if you don't have the proper fundamentals now they are slightly different on how you want to approach them so I'll start with the fairway bunkers fairway bunkers I would recommend always clubbing up at least one club choking down a little bit stand a little taller on the golf ball stand a little closer to the golf ball and try to keep your head still as much as you can because if you have a lot of head movement especially during the downswing it's gonna manipulate the golf club and you're probably gonna hit it really thin or hit it really fat so just keep that head high 
try to keep the head as level as you can and work on again clubbing up on a golf club choking up send a little closer get that golf ball either middle front or middle depending on which golf club you're hitting and try to stand tall throughout the golf shot because you're trying to pick it more than you're trying to hit behind it now green side bunkers are a little different I would always recommend opening up the face which is once which means you're gonna wanna have your body line and your feet line aiming left of your target because when you open up that club face it's gonna wanna go right on you and so you're gonna wanna aim a little bit left open up that club face hit get the ball about middle of your golf stance and you wanna imagine there's like a dollar bill underneath your golf ball and you're trying to impact the golf you're trying to impact the sand about an inch behind the ball so it's one of the or it's really the only time you want to hit behind a golf ball on purpose because if you get too much ball contact it's going to go either into the go into the face of the bunker you're going to leave it in the bunker or you're going to blade it way over the green so work on hitting it slightly behind the golf ball about an inch and this is big do not decelerate. That is probably the number one swing flaw with greenside bunker play is decelerating. And when that happens, it's because they are afraid of hitting it way too far over. And what do they do? They do the opposite, which is leave the golf ball in the bunker, which is the number one thing you want to try to avoid. Obviously, getting that ball out of the bunker is always a number one goal. But if you want to be consistent on getting it close to the pin, Again, work on those fundamentals I just went over, and don't be afraid to be aggressive. Be aggressive on those golf shots. It's going to pay dividends on your greenside bunker play. Let's see here. Which driver should I get? I'm looking to get a new driver. Again, that's more of the same with the, what I answered a little bit ago. It's trial and error. There is no right or wrong answer there. Just get fitted. The golf shaft is by far the most important part of any driver. Making sure you're hitting a shaft that's not too stiff for you or not too weak for you, not too high of a kick point, not too low of a kick point, and not too heavy or not too light for you. Go get fitted by a professional. They will help you out, and it's going to get your golf, especially your driver game, a lot more dialed in. Get fitted. That's the number one thing I should say there especially on that golf shaft because that's by far more important than a club head in my mind let's see here look again a lot of these questions were more of the same um how should i go about getting fitted i already said that um, let's see here. What golf ball should I use? I already answered that. Again, a lot of these questions were repeats, which I understand because these questions are important, are probably more important than any other question you could ask as far as improving your golf game. Again, I am a big believer on practice with a purpose, making sure you're working on your golf game, making sure you have your alignment sticks out when you're practicing because that will make sure you're hitting it where you're aiming which is the number one thing you want in golf if you're aiming right and you're swinging right that golf ball is going to go right where you're aimed which is what you want what do you charge for golf lessons so i charge 
um, $50 for an individual lesson. I am flexible on if you want to have a group lesson with two or three golfers, which a lot of beginners are more comfortable that way because they're not as much self-conscious because they're with a friend or with a spouse or with a brother, a sister, whatever it might be. So those rates are flexible. Now I do series of six. So basically if you buy a series of six or you buy a series of five, you get the six free. So for six lessons, I charge 250. So you basically get a lesson free if you want to go that route, which I always recommend because it's hard to get all the information down in one lesson because lessons are usually only 45 minutes to an hour and it's hard to get a lot of information in that short period of time especially if you want to improve different aspects of your golf game whether it's a long game your short game your mid irons your driver your fairway woods your putting your chipping there is a lot of aspects of golf there's a lot that goes into golf and if you want to improve your whole game it's best if you go the multiple lesson route because that way we can work on one aspect at a time and it's going to improve your golf game do you do playing lessons i do do playing lessons so Playing lessons are important. I I had some growing up with my local golf pro, and that probably helped me out more than it did with just a regular range uh, lesson because uh, if you ever had a lesson from me, I always preach do not play golf swing on the golf course. And working on your golf swing is one thing, but working on your golf game on the golf course is more beneficial to me um, personally because you get more out of it you learn how to work your way around the golf course you learn how to eliminate one side of the golf course you learn how to um, you learn how to miss it in proper spots you learn how to stay away from those double bogeys and triple bogeys and you're gonna benefit it's gonna benefit your golf game leaps and bounds more than it would now i wouldn't recommend doing it every time obviously those range sessions are important because that's how you create muscle memory but i would say once every six lessons go out on the golf course with your local golf club, whether it's me whether it's whoever and just ask for a playing lesson and um, if you want to go that route just dm me for pricing i'll be glad to go over that with you it's a little more expensive but um, again, you get more out of it. It's more bang for your buck per se because you'll learn more in the long run, especially how to work your way around the golf course, which is what I've always been good at um, because golf came pretty natural to me because I didn't play many sports growing up and I learned pretty quickly. And I learned pretty quickly pretty much on the golf course through trial and error and learning from my local golf pro going up who helped me tremendously and it's a great way to improve your golf game so yes i do offer playing lessons so those are going to be on a time-based availability because it's usually nine holes at a time and it takes about two and a half two to two and a half hours so just keep that in mind if you want to plan a playing lesson what got you into golf and how would you say you improved the most so we talked about this on the first episode with me and Jared, one of my best buds. Um, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing when I was growing up in seventh, going in eighth grade, and I fell in love with the game pretty quick. And probably fell in love with the game because of how hard it was, as weird as that sounds. 
it's the one game where you're never gonna master even on your if you've had say you shoot a 80 it's your best round you've ever had by five shots if you look back on that round you're probably gonna say hey there was five shots i left out there and it was your best round you've ever shot so what does that say never be satisfied if you do shoot a lower score you just lower high um raise your expectations and go out the next round and try to beat that best round you just shot because there's always going to be areas where you were lacking whether it's you missed a couple of short putts or you miss hit a couple irons and missed a couple greens and didn't get up and down you didn't get up and down because your chipping wasn't on point or your putting wasn't on point um you hit a couple drives ob because of your driver again there's multiple layers to golf and there's always going to be areas where you can improve so again uh what got me into golf was just uh kind of a fluke thing and i fell in love with it pretty quick because it's an individual sport which i love and there's it's unlimited on how you can improve and where you can improve so just keep that in mind how did you improve so quickly onto that second answer second question on that same question um i improved quickly because i worked at it that's about the simplest of answers i can give i worked on it because i loved it but i was hard on myself i wanted to i wanted to prove to myself that i could get better um you know i had a sibling my brother lawrence who is actually a hell of a golfer himself and we kind of started at the same time and that brotherly love, that brotherly, um, you know how brothers get on the golf course, it can get pretty intense. So you're always looking to, I was always looking to be him, to be honest. And, um, you know, there's going to be times where he beats me and I beat him. But growing up, just having that competitiveness with him, with my, with Jared or with Jason or any of my golf buddies growing up, you know, it, having golfers that want to see you improve it's beneficial it really is and that's that's the one thing that i would always recommend is find a golf buddy find a golf buddy who's better than you because they're going to want if you play with a golfer that's better than you on average it's going to inspire yourself to want to improve and i hear a lot of times where a guy played with a golfer that was better than him and he played his best round because he kind of picked his brain he kind of observed him and kind of saw how he was working his way around the golf course and then he put that to your game of course it's going to help you improve so i would always recommend that find a group of find a group of golf buddies that want to see you improve and who, who are just friendly in general that you know there's nothing wrong with going out with some buddies and having a damn good old time that's what golf is all about at the end of the day Let's see here. Who was your best golfer growing up? I, we answered that last week. Uh, Tiger was, was, I wouldn't say my idol, but he was the guy that inspired me the most as far as a PGA Tour player goes. Just because of what he did for the game, how good he was. And he still is a good player, but that 10-year prime from like 2000 to 2010 it's ridiculous how good he was which will never be done again you have my word on that my friends let's see here who would you say inspired i already answered that so there's only a few more here 
that were sent my way, and I appreciate you guys sending these sending these questions in because a lot of you uh, want to get these questions answered, and whether it's your subconscious on getting a golf lesson, I get it. It can be scary at first, but again, in the long run, just get once you get past that self-conscious stage, especially for a new golfer, and you go out and get a lesson, and you go out and get drills that were specific to you and work on your golf game, it's going to help you tremendously in the long run, you have my word. So just make sure you always practice with a purpose, and it's going to improve your golf game. Do you see yourself trying for more qualifiers? So I do. Um, I haven't tried for a couple years, but I'm getting in my mid-30s now, and I'm the clock is ticking on your limit on when you can really excel in golf. And I'm going to try next year for the U.S. Open for sure, and maybe other couple more, just to get that competitive juice flowing and see where my golf game is. I have a long way to go. I'm going to start practicing a lot more, especially when this weather cools off, and I'm going to aspire to may maybe make that U.S. Open one day. That would be the dream. All right, guys, so a lot of these questions are, are more of the same of what I just went over. Uh, this is a short podcast. I just wanted to do a quick Q&A with you guys, and I hope it improves your golf game. I hope it does wonders for your golf game. And if you ever want to book a lesson with me, just reach out to me. I am always available during the week, and obviously earlier the better right now because of the heat. Um, just give me a couple of days notice and I will be gladly set that up for you. And even if it's not me, go out to your local golf pro. I don't, whether I'm not sure where it is all you're listening from. So go to your local golf pro, get a lesson. Um, I'm sure he's going to be beneficial to your golf game for sure. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. I appreciate all the questions that were sent my way. I hope you got something out of this. And I hope it improves your golf game. And if you have any questions on the questions you asked, uh, feel free to reach out. And I would gladly get more in detail with you as far as how it pertains to your golf swing individually. I appreciate all the love and support, especially with the Bucket at the Eagles podcast and this new podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, and YouTube coming soon. So... Appreciate you guys. Uh, Looking forward to next week. Uh, I'm trying to line up a special guest, which is going to be a lot of fun talking golf with him. And you will be hearing from me soon on the next episode of the Peel Team 6 podcast. I appreciate you guys. Thank you.